Taylor. How are you? Walk-in. It's not as nah. cool as your like entrances. No, nah. <laughs> nah, it's still uh, a great entrance. Still a, yeah, still a great entrance. Yeah, we tried to mimic it um, as much as possible. I'm sure I like the background music as well. Absolutely. What song would you play? Ooh, right now, Cooped Up and Return of the Rap, the Mac remix. It's like a, it's a dope remix. Yeah. Return of the Mac. And that's quite up. a pull. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm saying Post Malone's Cooped Up, and then they juxtaposed it with that. It was beautiful. A bit of a mashup. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna add it to my playlist. Yeah. Um, okay, so speaking of music, you yeah. have never seen or met me, but I actually have seen you. I just didn't meet you. I was at Drake's house. No way. Yeah, OVO Fest. Yeah. And I saw you. Damn. Yeah. And I was like, wait, At the what? embassy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, how yeah. blown away were you about how that house just transformed? I'm literally like, I didn't even know we were on the court. I didn't yeah. know we were on the basketball court until I looked up. Ike, my um, security was like, if you look up and you see the hoops folded up. And then, yeah, just seeing the, everyone around. Even, uh, what's his name, LeBron pulled up on me and we talked for like a minute 20 and just... I was just, because I was expecting it. I wasn't expecting to see him. So that one kind of got me like, oh, shit. Did that just happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just chilling at the house. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. So for you, you're first off at Drake's house. And then LeBron James comes up to you at Drake's house, knows you. What does he say? It's hard to remember because it was all in a moment. But we were just sharing love pretty much for about a minute, 10. Just like showing love and appreciation and, yeah, admiration for each other's work. Yeah. And yeah, I just gave him a dap up and then kept him moving. Yeah. Something that I thought was really interesting and cool um, about you being at Drake's house is I've seen some interviews where you talk about there not being a lot of people in the world that exist that can relate to the position that you're in. And I would think Drake is one of the few humans that do understand it yeah. on some level. On a different level. Yeah. He's on a, like there's levels to the shit. You know what I mean? There's levels to the shit. Like there's a there was a a video I've seen of him years ago in Melbourne walking through the airport. I can understand why he has Air Drake now. Oh, yeah. because yeah, there's levels to this. Yeah, you would have to shut down the entire airport. <laughs> Pretty much. The whole airport was just following him. So, yeah, he can relate, but, again, there's levels. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I do think there's something to, you know, he is somebody who has always been inspiring to me as a friend, as an artist, because he became the things that he wanted to become. And it's very hard to do that and accomplish that. And I'm sure in some ways you're like, I had a path for myself that I envisioned. And up to this point, I have reached it. Do you feel that way? I've reached it and exceeded it, but there's other little things I still have to, you know, attain. Like different plateaus I still have to get to. So I, like even two days ago, I uh, wasn't even in the building where we're at, the tall one one Vanderbilt. We're up there, and I met Michael, who was the head hunter of the whole place. And as I was there, I had a moment of, like, gratitude, just like, look where I'm at right now. I could see the whole of New York, and then there was fireworks at Central Park. It was like, it was just right there for me. Yeah. That's my ego. But, um, yeah, so for <laughs> me, I was just, like, grateful, just a moment of gratitude and just really... Because everyone was just watching because there's cameras all around me and whatnot. I'm just like, man, this is some cool shit. All right, we keep climbing. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you said so there's like different levels that you want to attain. I almost think about it like a video game. You know, you're like beating the boss. I'm being saying I'm player (laughs) one. Oh, like last time I fought in New York, UFC 230, I said I'm player one in this shit. And everyone else is just kind of like bots in my game. But I feel like everyone should have that view of themselves because you are the player one in your own life. Absolutely. Mm. So something I've always thought is interesting, and it's one of the reasons I'm really excited to dive into this conversation, is Mm. I think there are two occupations of people 
They can literally do whatever they want. Yep. And I think it's for rappers and fighters. You almost rappers have no rap. rules. Not no rules, <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. Even yeah. like when we walked into the embassy, right? I never play on this, but when a football player walks in a room, there's like, oh shit, there's that guy. When a, when a rapper walks in a room, there's that guy. But even in a room full of rappers and basketball players and football players, when a fighter walks in a room, there's a different vibe. Because men... We have our testosterone and our ego. Everyone wants to be that guy that can that can hold his own. But the difference is everyone knows I can hold my own. But I never play on it. I'm still very soft. I'm still very nice and respectful. But I've seen guys, even rappers, I've seen them walk around, you know, like just, you know, like they're they about to start some shit. And I don't walk around with that kind of ego because I feel like, even I posted a clip yesterday of Jordan Peterson talking about being capable of being dangerous, but also being able to control it. Because if you're not a dangerous man, and you're just like, oh, you know, I don't hurt anyone. I'm a nice guy. I'm, I'm a, it's like your, your virtue is, is useless. It has no merit because you're, you have no capability of being dangerous. So for me, when I walk in a room, I notice it as well with Mike Tyson. Amongst fighters, amongst fighters, when Mike Tyson walks in a room, everyone just, boom, that's Mike Tyson. That's Mike Tyson. So the same thing, he never plays on it. He's just, hey, man, how you doing? Like, you know, he's real soft and chill and he's older now. Maybe when he was younger... He'd play on that shit. But me, right I now... I think definitely when he was younger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, definitely he did, you know. Walking <laughs> yeah. with a tiger and all that. Yeah, but for me, I'm still... I just chill. And I can notice at the at the embassy that people was... Because I don't really follow basketball like that. So a lot of them were sh- showing love and whatnot. There was only one exception was was when his house, Drake, walked through. And when LeBron was walking around, then it's like, oh, shit. There was a greatness Both walking around. Yeah. Yeah. So were you always able to control it? And how do you control it? It's a good question. I wasn't always to control. When you say control it, control it as in... Well, you just referred to like, you know, there's something that being dangerous, but also being able to... Oh, yeah, yeah, to- definitely. Martial arts teach you that. Yeah. Martial arts, because there's also people who can't control it. And it's unfortunate, man, because like, you know, I, I, I never got to even... I don't know him like that, but when I when I, when I I saw the news about takeoff, it hurt me because I was like, that was, that was senseless. And that's because now we're kind of finding out. We don't know the whole story yet, so RIP to, to take off, and I don't want to speak too much on it, but not even his situation. All these all these young rappers that are dying, it seems like it just happens to be um, men who aren't emotionally intelligent or understand their own feelings, so they just react. You know, they, they see some shit. I have my own story about this at the Justin Bieber thing. A rapper tried to pull off on me, and I just let him know, like, I'm not about that life. I'm chilling, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, a little bit sly, but yeah, my security would tell you. I was just like, you don't want this. <laughs> really? Okay, you don't yeah. need to go, like, deep into it. But when yeah, you say pull up it. on you, it's like, why? Just... I think it's, he knew what I, who I was, and he tried to say, like, you know, you and my security should spar. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, that sounds like some rapper shit. Yeah, I'll I was that. like, what do you mean? And then I was like, bro, this is not what you want. Like, yeah. And I said it in the nicest way possible. But I think it's the same thing, his ego, because he wants to... Test my gang, so I'm like, I don't need it. Google me, yeah. YouTube me, you'll see it. You, you yeah. can watch me do it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, separate from that, what role has ego played in your life? Good and bad. When I was younger, I had to learn how to manage my ego because everyone has an ego. Yeah. But you have to have a healthy ego. So for me, I had to learn how to control it in the sense where I make sure it doesn't. Because there's times in my life when it's overtaken me and made me look stupid. And I cringe at those times within this. I've learned from those. And I make sure don't let that happen again. So my ego can fuel me, but it can also destroy me. But I have the right tools in place and the right people around me to make sure I, yeah, I stay grounded. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, because I think 
ego in some ways can also be a positive tool. Because mm-hmm. sometimes wanting to protect that ego and can also, I think, feel you forward yeah. as well. So yeah. it's just kind of learning that, that balance. balance. The duality of it. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I know I'm the shit, but I know I ain't shit. Yeah. I'm still that. No, nah, straight up. It's yeah. like, I know I walk around like I know who the fuck I am. I know I'm the shit. But at the same time, when I meet someone new, like, okay, example, people sometimes get, like, if they're friends, a group of five people, maybe four of them know who I am, one person doesn't know who I am, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. I'm like, it's okay. I'm meeting you for the first time as well. I like meeting people who don't know who I am because they have no preconceived notion of what they think of. They haven't seen me on TV or maybe they haven't studied me or watched me in interviews or shit like that. So they don't, they get to meet me for the first time as me rather than with that idea of who they think I am. Mm-hmm. I actually, I appreciate that when people don't know who I am. I don't appreciate when people know who I am and they pretend not to. That's another story. Yeah, and that's also just weird. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, I, I see you. I know you, like, you fuck, like, why are you pretending like you don't care? I'm like, yeah. just be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Someone told me this quote once a long time ago. Mm-hmm. They said, I'm not who I think I am. And I'm not who you think I am. I'm who I think you think I am. Ooh, Essentially break that saying, down. Let me, like, let me break, break that down. Sometimes we adapt who we are based on what we know that person thinks of us. So we're it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah. right? Like if someone's expecting you to be Ezra Sanya, you kind of become that. I'll tell you a story. So before my um First title defense in Melbourne, biggest show ever. That fight week, or the week before that fight week, I had an epiphany in myself. On my way home from training, I realized when I meet fans, I don't have to match their energy. Because normally, same thing. I'd meet a fan back then, and when they're, oh my God, Israel. Even if I'm like maybe just cooling at a 2, not a 10, and they come at me with a 10, I'll raise my energy up to match theirs just so I can be who they think I am. But I'm like, I'm just chilling, bro. I'm having a sandwich or I'm doing whatever, pumping gas. And like, I'm such a big fat. And I'm just like, yeah. And I have to raise my energy up and give them the whole song and dance. And just to <laughs> but make then you're sure. like, do I have to? No, like you reach out, yeah. I had that epiphany and I was just like, I don't have to. So now if someone comes at me at a tent, after that fight week, so after that fight itself, I was going back to the airport. I was going to the airport to go back home. And I remember putting out a story saying, like, look, because I remember I was just tapped out. All my energy was my bandwidth. I had none for external shit. So I said, if you see me on the streets or if you see me at the airport, please don't come at me running or yelling because I'll walk away. I put that up. I was just, I just don't want to deal with, like, the energy. So people actually approached me. People saw my story and they were like, hey, Israel, so I'm a big fan. Uh, would you mind? And I'm like, oh, yeah, easy as. Because I, 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 they respected my, my my boundaries. And that's the thing. You have to protect your boundaries. And sometimes fans get entitled and think like, they, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You, I don't know who you are. Right. You know who I am, yes. But this is historic for you. This is just regular for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't like follow that, there's you being oh, you're trained, an asshole. there's burned out. Like yeah. burned out. No, I'm saying if you feel like, okay, I oh, have nah. to be, you will get burned out. I got to look so after quickly. me first. Yeah. Yeah. I got to look after me first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a lot of interviews that I I watched of you, something that comes up a lot is you, I guess, not feeling attached to things, like whether that's people's comments of you, whether it's your title belt. So what are you attached to? What am I attached to? Ooh, that's a good... Man, this is going deep. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) What am I attached to? Yeah, um... 
Fuck. This is something I learned from Avatar as well, the show, um, which my nickname comes from. Yeah, uh, right yeah. <laughs> when he met Guru Pitta, and he had to learn how to detach himself from worldly possessions because he wanted to be able to control the Avatar state. There were seven chakras he had to unlock, and one of them was detachment. The hardest one for him was to detach was, was from Katara. But for me, what am I attached to? I guess my family, first of all, because they will always be there. They've been there before all this happened. They've been there before all of this. So they will always be there. So I'm attached to them. Um, my dogs keep them with me. Um, I'm attached to them. And my uh, my gym, yes, my training, my training, my, my, my values in that space. But yeah, any material things I'm not really attached to. Material things I'm not. I love them. Don't get me wrong. I like to fucking floss. I'm light right now, but yeah, I like to flex, but I'm not attached to those things. I don't like, they don't define me. I make them. They don't make me. I want to know if you had seven chakras, what they would be if you titled them. Or do you uh, already know? I, no, everyone has seven chakras. Okay. But if I have seven chakras. I'm saying ones that you personalize. If oh, these are like... Oh, okay. Damn. Okay, yeah. that's... But we'll come back to it. Just ruminate after, on yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Bit, bit. But on that subject of detachment um, leads me to, obviously, there's this clip that always goes viral of you. Solo shot. It's just you. And you're saying, I'm prepared. Oh, yeah. Every fight week. I love that. I love yeah. that for me. It's you saying, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to die. Mm -hmm. Did you mean that? Yes. I honestly, people think it's some... I'm in the fight for my life in that in that moment. Okay, so the fight itself, I'll, I'll, you need to watch it. I'll send it to you. But like the first round, it's my title fight, right? I'm about to become the UFC champion. Um, the first round, I get rocked. And it's the first time I've ever been rocked in a UFC fight. And then I remember the, the arena erupting, like, holy shit, this is it. The hype train's about to be exposed. He's about to, you know how people get. And then went back to my corner. So I lost that first round. And I was like, it's okay, I regroup. I never lost focus. Second round, I drop him. Third round, I style on him. Fourth round, I'm whooping his ass. And then he makes a calculated chest move. And he hasn't thrown a head kick the whole fight. And he catches me, boom, hits me in the head. And I'm there. Takes him about maybe three, four seconds to realize I'm rocked. Then he tries to hurt me, tries to finish me. And then he took that round. So we're 2-2 two, two going into the fifth round, the last round. I made the agreement with myself in my own soul, like, if this is how I die, trying to attain this, what a glorious death. So I signed my life away. I literally, my parents were in the crowd, my family was in the crowd, but I signed my life away like, this, if this is how I go, this is how I go. But what a way to die. What a way to go out. But guess what? If I'm prepared to die, I'm prepared to kill. So in that fifth round, I found a new level to my fighting spirit that I never knew was there. I tapped into it. And I was just, I looked like I was fresh from the first round. And I dropped, it was the most knockdowns in a title fight. I dropped him so many times in that last round. And I almost finished him at the end. Like, literally, maybe another three seconds, it would have been over. But the time ran out, and the referee pulled me off him and saved him. But, yeah, I meant that. I really meant that because, wow, what a, what a glorious moment that would be. So, as weird as this is to say, what I'm kind of gathering is, like, there was actually some freedom in being prepared to die. Not everybody dies, but not everybody lives. Or is it no? Everybody dies, but not everybody lives. That's that bar right there. Because a lot of people, they don't really get to live because they're too sheltered. They don't really go out of their comfort zone. So for me, I was forced to live 
Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I showed them how I can live. Yeah. Because, I mean, you do understand, like, the weight of that sentence. Yeah. Like, I am prepared to die. It was. I didn't plan it. It was just in the yeah. moment. I looked at him. I said, you're not going to beat me. I'm prepared to die. Mm-hmm. And I said in my native tongue in Yoruba, I said, ayabiyakum. And that's like the heart of a lion. And we just went at it. And yeah. yeah, I took him out, man. So then what did it feel like to get to the other side of that when and not have to die to do it? Yeah. For me, just... The when I was like, I remember um, the referee was holding my hand because they hold your hand, and I'm like, and knew, and I was just like, please don't fuck me over. I know I won this fight, and then when they raised my hand, every time I watch that fight back, I look at myself. I'm like, listening, listening, Israel, and my hands went up, and I just had the sense of like, yes, thank you. But then you look at him, and I remember his face, and forever I'm gonna be grateful that. You know, shout out to Kelvin Gastelum. He's a he's a formidable opponent. He brought the best out of me. Um, but his head going down, that was just, I'm glad that wasn't me that night. Because to go through that fire and not get the gold, that I would be fine. Don't get me wrong. I'll definitely get over it. I've gotten over worse things in my life. But whenever I see that moment, I'm always glad my hand got raised. Yeah, and It was just that sense of relief. Like, yes, we did it. I, I set a goal for myself before I even knew I was a great fighter. I just knew I would be able... I didn't... You just... Ali said it. I'm the greatest. I said it before I knew I was, you know? And I just knew, like, there's something in me. You have it, you just know. Yeah. So I'm glad I attained that that day and it's just, that's one off the list. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just iconic moment. That yes, clip iconic. is, like, yes. wild. Yeah. Do you think that just as a fighter you have to compartmentalize a lot in general? Yep, my emotions. A lot of people can't. Even in life, knowing how to, like, compartmentalize their emotions or just parts of themselves because we're complex creatures. But as a fighter, I do. Like I said, I can't walk around looking for a fight every day because a lot of people like to walk around with that static or that bravado, that the idea of what people think they are. They got to keep that up. Like, I don't even have my nails done right now. Like, I'm going to get my nails done before presser. Yeah, because I normally got... It's great that you get manicures. Everyone should. I know. I'm like, <laughs> they're sexy. Well, first, I go... They call it French tips, but I call them drip tips. They're not even made in France. <laughs> but like... They look sexy, man. I kept on getting distracted when I first got them. I was like, man, he's a fucking clean. <laughs> but yeah, so um, for me, I just, uh, I don't care what people think of me. Even when I was doing the pivot the other day, homeboy, um, what's his name? Channing was like, you know, you ain't got your pearls on. He's trying to bag on me about it. I was like, they look good on black skin. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, but I, you know, like, white pearls. I'm like, well, diamonds are a girl's best friend, right? That's the saying. I'm like, I see a lot of rappers rocking diamonds. Yeah. Who is the one telling? Who makes these rules up? Who makes these it's society? Just arbitrary. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I like I said, player one. I am. When you play a game, you know, you design your own character, you just use your attributes and whatnot. That's what I do in this life. This is all simulation or whatever. So mm-hmm. we're in the Sims, and I'm designing my character the way I want it, and yeah. I play the game how I want to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And also, I've also been on the pivot, and Channing also got a me story yeah. for a different oh, no, day, it's but thing. It's you're thing. not yeah. alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talk a lot about this, like, TikTok era that we're in, that people have very quick attention spans, and you Hold being up, pause, aware pause, pause. of that... Ooh. Hello? It's a party in the house. Quiet on set! <laughs> you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around. I know that. I know how everything works. Yeah. Um, but we didn't talk- even do the fucking for sync. 
We did. You missed at the end. We'll have you do another one. Yes. Just for us. We'll have you do the slate. <laughs> um, we are, you know, we're in his house. So it's all the friends, all the people, a lot of men um, running around here. Um, but yes, it is. I feel it. You feel it right when you pull up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, things laying around. It's like, I love it. I'm into it. Um, but yes, you talk about the attention span and all of that and you being aware of that. What can you do to keep people's attention? Hmm. The, I know how to. I know how to play this game. Like, even before. So, all my social media, I've never bought followers. I've never boosted posts. Nothing like that. I know a lot of people who have. You know who you are. I know people who fugazi that shit. But for me, um, even back in China, I was editing my own videos, doing my own highlights, putting it out there. Because I just knew how to farm people's attention. I got lazy, actually, maybe the last year and a bit, because I, I don't know, like, once I crossed, like, a million, I was like, okay, it didn't really excite me. So I realized I can't just stop there. I need to keep farming and keep working. It's part of the job. A lot of people don't, don't really take that into consideration. They have people organize the social media and whatnot. But, yeah, I know how to keep people's attention. I can keep people entertained, but I'm not going to do it, I guess, in the way they want me to. I'll do it my way because if I do it my way, those who fuck with me will fuck with me and they'll come through. You know, build it and they'll come. Yeah. And you really only want the people there that actually genuinely exactly. do fuck yeah. with you. Exactly, yeah. So this is fascinating to me. I, I read that you have like a documentarian that follows you. Yeah. A guy named Jeff. Okay. A guy Jeff. <laughs> so you have to decide to let someone essentially record good moments, bad moments, embarrassing moments, things you didn't really want anyone to ever see. How do you get comfortable doing that? And what's off limits? Experience. Experience for me. Um, for me, it's pretty much like, I think he's been following me or documenting me since 2015. Wow. Um, that was on and off, but then maybe he moved to New Zealand uh, three years ago and a little bit more in depth. And the documentary actually is almost finished. I've seen like the rough cut twice. Honestly, even if I wasn't the pro protagonist in it, I feel like men need to watch this because even my coach Eugene got like raw in there and emotional. And because I'm like, bro, I'm, you're going to tell me what? I'm a softie. I'm like, yeah, I am soft, but I whoop your ass. Like, <laughs> that's the duality again. Like, you can't bag on me for being a softie because you know exactly what I do to you. But um, yeah, I feel like men need to watch this movie because it just shows that we can tap into our emotions and our natural human functions. Like, even crying. Like, there's cortisol that's released through tears. And after I have, like, a big cry sometimes, I feel much better. Like, literally, physiologically, I feel relaxed. <sighs> Glad I got that off my chest. Because a lot of men just hold that shit in. Yeah. And you tell little boys, you see it in the culture, like, yeah, come on, buckle up. Uh, you don't cry. You know, men don't cry. And it's like, these are... Kids, these are babies. Let them fucking express. Yeah. And you tell them to just bottle that shit up. And then when they grow up, they, you know, all that shit. And then you, I see a lot of domestic violence happening. I see a lot of bad shit happening because men don't know how to tap into that side of themselves. And me expressing myself authentically and showing people that, I guess, it's, it's like a cliche. It's okay. But it's like, nah, I'm just showing you how it is. And once you see the doco, you, you, you'll understand because I'm practicing what I preach. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Last... Big and what's cry. off limits, oh, I didn't say what's yeah. off limits for me is my, like, I've honored my parents after the gaslight fight. I honored them in the cage. 
I put the belt down in front of them. Oh no, no. No, after my that's that was for Eugene, sorry. I honored Eugene first after the Gaston fight. My first title defense in Melbourne when I fought Robert, I honored my parents. But now I've kind of put pulled them back a little bit away from the spotlight. And then when I have a family, they're not gonna be on this. Cause I don't want I'm Israel, I disown you. The bar has been set. I've talked to some other great men in my position who who have kids and same thing. They're not they're not trying to like, you know shelter their kid from the world, but they're making sure that their kid doesn't have this, un, I guess, like unrealistic expectation they have to meet up, live up to. You know what I mean? They, they need to enjoy their life as just themselves. So when I have kids, they're not going to be on, you'll, you'll never see them. <laughs> yeah. People in my life will see them, but I don't want people, maybe they're at school, like, oh, you're, you're stopping this kid. Yo, can I get it? I'm like, nah, fuck that. Like when I have kids, yeah, they're going to be off limits. Yeah, you want them to have some, like, autonomy yeah. in their lives. My, pr- my private life is not for sale, because I know this world, I've seen it too many times in the tabloids. They'll take it away from you, give them too much. I give people enough, a little bit, but I don't give them too much of my private life, because if you give them enough, they'll get involved in emotionally, and people just think, like, they can... Yeah, you see shit like that. Like, when I see, like, the shade room posting shit with these people, and they're having arguments on live, I'm like, you're in the same house. <laughs> Talk to each other. Yeah. Why are you having arguments with the audience? Like, it's cringe to me. I'm like, this is something that you guys need to sort out between yourselves. Yeah, could never be me. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. I mean, I also think social media has normalized, like, a lot of just weirdo Tacky. things. Tacky yeah, as that fuck, man. That are not yeah. real. Mm. Um, you said that crying has been therapeutic for you to be able to just let it all out sometimes. Yeah. What was your last big cry? Ooh, it was definitely this camp. <laughs> uh... It was definitely this camp because Eugene decided to fucking shake the snow globe. That's our coach. He shook the snow globe a little bit on all of us. He kicked us up the ass. But the energy he did it with, it was just like, I was like, I'm already doing my best. Like, I can do more, yeah. But like the energy he did it with was just kind of upsetting. And he was really rough and like some tough love. And there's something he said, this family business that, yeah, upset me at the gym. So I just, after I finished training, packed my gears and I drove home and I, yeah, I expressed in the car. Yeah, I think I might have called my mom. I just cried. Yeah, but it's good to get it out because after I did, my mom let me know it's okay. And yeah, I felt much better. So just out of curiosity, I know it's family business and I'm asking mm-hmm. what he said, but did it upset you because you felt it was true? Did it upset you? You're good. <laughs> um, hmm. Did it upset me because I felt it was true? I, mm, I've not. It upset me because I I was like, you know me. I like, I'm never. I'm never gonna change. I'm still me. I think sometimes he still thinks, oh, he's just. It's like a, he's making sure. I'm still me. So I'm like, I'm not. I'm not changed because I, if I was gonna change and switch up and think I'm, like I said, I know I'm the shit, but I know I ain't shit. But if I was gonna walk around and think I'm the man all the time, like that would have happened a long time ago. So I was just like, nah, you know me. Why you think I'm? You need to do this to like fucking clip my wings or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I have to think about it. Maybe was it true what he was saying? I have to think about it. 
I'm only saying that because I know sometimes, you know, when, yeah, I want to know. And also sometimes I think the things that make us the most matter things are like, yeah, a little bit of truth. Damn, I low key know what they meant, but like, you're not supposed to say it. You might, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. So I have to think about it. I can't just answer right now. So that's a good homework for me to do. No, someone once said to me that like when you're mad or sad, you should actually critically think about why. So I always try to ask myself like why I actually feel that way as opposed to like the very like surface level of like, oh, well, he said something to me that was mean. Well, it's like, yeah, you can just dismiss it like, oh, they're a hater, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, nah, sometimes the way, even me, when someone makes me feel a certain way or anything, it speaks more about me than it does about that person. Yeah. So for me, I know for a fact when I dress the way I dress or I dance the way I dance, when and I like to dress the way I dance because it, it pisses people off. Yeah. It pisses <laughs> a lot of people off. So, and they try and bag on me for that, but I'm like, you realize that says more about you than it does about me. Right. The fact that you have this visceral reaction to nothing that involves you, but you like, oh, why is you fucking, why is you wearing those? Or why? I'm like, oh, crux even. They're like, oh, those are for kids. Why are you wearing those? You're 33-year-old. I'm like, why do you care? Why do you <laughs> And also they're comfortable. Noise? Yeah, bro. <laughs> like if I put it in sports mode, I'd chase your ass down. Yeah. Aaron Crocs is like, all right, we need to sponsor him now. He loves us. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so something that is always super interesting to me about fighters is you guys are incredibly confident. I think confidence is just beaming off of you. Yes. <laughs> and I have never seen a fighter say or act like they're defeated even when they lose. So what is your relationship like with that word, defeat? Mm, defeat. Um one of my one of my best friends, one of my one of my guys who is no longer with us, Jamie Vanderkill, VDK, he, he had this quote. He said, I've lost many times, but I remain undefeated. And that stuck with me for life. Because when when you when you say that, defeat is a state of mind. Is that so I went up to 205, that's the weight class above me, right? I went up to try and get the 205 belt. And good fight, close fight, but I felt I lost the fight. Some people had me winning. I felt I lost the fight. Um, but I think people were quite surprised. I was like, well, dare to be great. I tried. I failed that one, but it's all right. I'll get him next time. So I lost the fight, but I wasn't defeated. I wasn't defeated. Even He didn't... Yeah, he was meant to do all the shit to me. People were saying he didn't really get it done, but he still won the fight. If he had knocked me out, I still would have had the same men's mentality. Yeah. And same thing even with this guy that's, that I'm fighting next weekend. He's he's knocked me out in the previous, like five years ago in kickboxing. But same again. I never Look at me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's beat me supposedly twice, but look at me now. I'm the one winning, and he kept on trying to get at me because I'm doing so much better than him in life. Yeah. So defeat isn't like a thing that's ha- that happens to you. It's you accept, something do you, you accept feel. This, yeah, yeah, you accept defeat. Some people in life, there's times in life I felt defeated away from fighting. Life kicked my ass. Like 2013 was my my great depression. I remember that year. It was uh, I was that's when I moved to China. I, I quit my job September 4th, 2013. That was my last nine to five. September 5th, I was on a plane to China, and I tried to quit that job three times prior. But that time I got it right, and I set everything up so I can just out of there. But it was because life made me really uncomfortable. Life put me in a place that I yeah, it was really bad. So I was defeated. But then I again. You can dust yourself up, rise back up, and get what's yours. How did you get out of that place? Mentality. The mentality I had. And um, for me, the key people around me. The key people I had around me as well. But I think it's just my spirit, my fighting spirit, and also a lot of prayers from mom and dad. 
my spiritual warriors, you know. Um, yeah, they help me a lot. I love that. Okay, I am going to say some words. All right, shoot. And I want you to tell me either the role they play in your life, what emotion, you know, elicits, like, what happens when you hear them, okay? okay. Revenge. Looking for revenge. Ah, so Hey, on November 12th. Hey, on November 12th. Uh, revenge. Revenge. Is, uh, there's so many things about revenge, and it's not always the best option. There's a time for revenge. I never went looking for this fight. Like I said, I let it go a long time ago. I'm just living my life, being great, and then life presented me with this opportunity because I was patient, and I didn't go looking for it. It's like, here, now it's yours. Take it. I'm like, all right, bet. So now it's time for revenge, but you can't go looking for it constantly. I don't think like that's the best thing because, again, you're in that mindset you might, you might spray the wrong people sometimes if you're in that mindset all the time. Not, you know, like physically, but like emotionally and snap at the wrong people. Because I know people who stay in that mindset and they just like, they burn bridges a lot, yeah. a lot. So um, yeah, revenge plays a good role in life, but you have to know when to, when to look for revenge. And again, what did I say? I said, God forgives, I don't. The Lord said, vengeance is mine. I'm like, yeah, me too. And now it's mine. I love it. You're full of quotables. I'm just freestyling. Yeah. Okay, next word. Yeah. Violence. Violence. Violence isn't always the answer. But again, there's a time for violence. And like I said, you have to be capable of violence as, as, as a person. Not just as a man. I feel like as a person. But as a man, you have to be capable of violence. It's better to be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Because... You know, when, when it's time to get down and get busy, I, I need to know I can take care of me and my own, you know? So violence is necessary. Every man needs to learn martial arts. They need to put it in school and teach them how to meditate as well. So you're capable of violence, but you know how to, you know, keep it cool. Yeah. I like. I see it like in a lot of your interviews, you're like, I know how to speak violence. I can. I'm, yeah. I'm a, like also, there's times in my life when people have wronged me in the worst way, and I can get dark on them. I've, I've said this. Other, like, there's no people try and be virtuous. Like I said, they say I'm a good person. I'm like, you're not virtuous. You're not. You're only a good person because you have to be because you can't do shit. It means nothing that you're a good person because you're weak. That's why. But if you're a violent person like myself, and I choose to be a good person to you, it means something because I could destroy you. It's different. So if if I'm violent, capable of violence but I'm virtuous in my goodness, then that's different. So I say there's no good or bad people. People are just capable of great good or great evil. We're human beings. There's a duality. So there's times I've been evil, but there's a lot of times I'm good. Okay, next word. Mm -hmm. Perfection. Ah, not me. Mm -hmm. I, I chase it in martial arts. <clears throat> I know I'll never attain it, but it's the, it's the pursuit of perfection in my craft, in my artwork in the way I live. Um, but I just know perfection is, I would never attain it. I never, because you grow up with that kind of pressure a little bit sometimes and certain, even people always expect that from me when I fight, like he's going to be perfect, is this and that. But I'm like, fuck your expectations. Mm -hmm. It's about my expectations. So you can keep that over there. Mm -hmm. Last word, mm -hmm. Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira. Mm, let me see. Mm, he's got a head like, like, you know those Easter Island? Statues. I do. Yeah. They call him Hands of Stone, but he's got a head of stone as well. And I know this, but 
I can break blocks. Yeah, I break bricks now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be a fun fight, and there's a lot to dive into with it. So I think since we're here, we might as well just, just start. For you, mm-hmm. what does this fight represent specifically? For me, what does it represent? Um, a chance to rewrite history. A chance to... I can't, I can't change the past. It's happened. That is the past. I've let it go. But now there's an opportunity now to, to rewrite history for the future. This is my chance. And that's why I've done every single thing in my power in this camp to make sure that happens. And I'm so confident, so much confidence that my wrestling coach is like, yo, let's go play table tennis. I'll humble you real quick. Because they can see, <laughs> they can see. Uh, yesterday after I trained, Tim, how was I? Exactly. Savage. <laughs> and I don't want to say too much because people talk, oh, you're supposed to hype a fight up. What do you think I'm coming to fight? Oh, I might, I might do all right. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I'm going to fuck this guy up. Yeah. But I don't want to say too much because he's got bragging rights. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. So I'm like, you know what? Let him think whatever he wants. Let him, that's ah, all good. Yeah, easy as, you know. So with that being said then, what is the difference like in mental preparation when you're getting ready to face somebody who has beaten you? Because I know you say you let it go. But mentally, how do you prepare? Like I said, a lot of uh, internal work I've done over the years is just, it gives me experience to be able to do that. Again, I'm not reacting to his probes. He's been, he's been trying so hard to probe me. I'm like, eh, try harder, you know? But then again, when it's time to work, I know what I do. When, when I get busy, I get busy. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm like, he's got bragging rights. He can talk all the shit he wants. I don't even have to try and intimidate him. He's not very... I didn't, it doesn't work on him. So same with me. I don't know if, if he's going to try and intimidate me. Good luck. It doesn't work on me. Mm-hmm. But um, I hope he thinks he's going to walk in there and walk through me. I hope he thinks that because he's going to be in for a rude awakening. But again, maybe not. Maybe I might just fucking, I don't know, run around and and then try and escape him and maybe jump out the cage. Who knows? But hey, stay tuned. That's why you got to watch the fight. You'll see. Yes. So, okay, I primarily cover a lot of NBA and NFL. And something that Am is I the always... first MMA guy? Yes. Well, we had... You're the first. We had Jake Paul. Oh, no, he does boxing. Okay, that's yeah. boxing, boxing. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's my dog, though. Yes. That's my dog. Um, one thing that always that is always very clear to me when I'm watching games is there's always, like, one team that cares about the matchup a bit more than the other. And I'm not saying they care about it in the ways it's going to, like, make them win. Okay. I'm saying they feel like winning will mean more to them. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like in this, there is somebody who winning is going to be a bit more important? Okay? Yeah, Explain. Me. Because, again, rewrite history. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy's beaten me. Um, I, I've fucking pretty much cleaned out the middleweight division, my division. That's why I went up to try and capture the light heavyweight belt. Um, but I'm going to lap the division again. I'm lapping him right now. I've cleared the way. So without me, he wouldn't be here. Yeah. He would have got exposed a long time ago. So he's pretty much blessed to be in this opportunity. So I'm happy to, yeah, expose him when it's time. But right now, I'm like, let people watch the highlights. Let them think what they want to think. And mm-hmm. yeah, time will tell. What have you learned about yourself in preparation for this fight? Hmm. In preparation for this fight. Hmm, what have I learned? What's something? I already knew I'm a savage. I need the levels I can go. My mental capability to, to endure 
Yeah, I don't want to go too much into it, but there's a lot of stuff that happens, you know, sometimes outside the gym, sometimes in the gym. But yeah, police. Why is police here? Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm black, you know. Oh, I get it. I'm like, police are here? <laughs> what the fuck are they here for? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, just the, my capacity to endure. Because, uh, yeah, heavy is the head that wears the crown. I got a big head, so I got a big crown, and I can yeah. handle it. Yeah, and I think, you know, enduring things, that really is just, okay, who is going to outlast the other? And that's most of everything. Mm-hmm. So, you watch. Yeah. You watch. Oh, I'll I, be watching. Yeah, ready. like, I, I know for a fact I can outlast him. So this is where this is where that, that fortitude comes, mm-hmm. that, that mental fortitude and knowing who I am, knowing my spirit, my fighting spirit. I'm, I'm not underestimating him. They tell you never underestimate anyone, but they forget to tell you never overestimate them. No, fear makes the wolf bigger than he is. Yeah. I say that. A lot of people just, they get, I'll show you a little secret right now. Look at this. So this is my background. This is my background right now on my lock screen. But then when you open it, hold up. Wow. And so you see that every day. Yeah. I, I did something last night that kind of made me, I did like a little thing and I was like, huh. So then now I changed it last night. So that way when I open this, I'm just like, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Just to put it back in my in my psyche, just to put it in my forefront whenever I open my phone, just to know, just so I know. Yeah. What's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I can make them bleed. And I already said I'm going to make this a horror movie, but hey, man, sometimes people sleep through horror movies. So stay tuned, bring your pillow and enjoy the show. <laughs> No, I love that. Okay, so generally, not just focused on this fight. I want you to fill in the blank for me, okay? I am the most blank fighter. Ooh. I am the most intelligent fighter. Yeah. I think the way I look at the game, um, but that's me. I'm being biased because I'm me, and I think I'm really smart. But also, I'm the most creative fighter. Um I've, I've, in my own sense, changed the game. But it's not just me. It's my team, the way we play the striking game. A lot of people decide to copy some of the things we do, but they don't understand the... <laughs> you might copy the recipe, but the sauce ain't the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think different. And I actually mean that, and I move different. Even the way the way I dance, you know, people understand. Like, I actually move different. You know, I'm not, I'm not the same as everyone else. My rhythm, my timing, my creativity is next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so most intelligent and most creative. Yeah. Okay, a couple more for me before we go to fan questions. And Ooh, these fan are questions. literally. Oh, we're live right now. Yes, wow. they are. They're all watching. So, guys. Um, and this is just literally because I'm curious. Yeah. Your first fight before you were a fighter. So, you're fighting and probably have no business to be fighting, but you're fighting. Yeah. What was your first fight and did before you win? I was a fighter. Okay. I, I fought back in Nigeria. I, I definitely had a few scraps. But I'm trying to think. Okay, one of my first fights, my first fight in New Zealand, right? So when I, I've always said this. I didn't know I was black till I moved to New Zealand. I don't mean that in like the sense I didn't know my skin tone, but I just didn't realize it was a problem to be black until I was removed from Nigeria, from the continent of Africa, and I was placed in this foreign land, and people were making fun of me for my skin tone. And they made me feel shit about it. And I was like, what, is, what did I do? So this one kid kept on riding by my house through the weekend because he found out where I lived, riding by on his BMX. He kept on saying, go back to your country, Blackanese. Funny enough, I remember his name. 
And I was like, I don't, I know this kid from school. I've seen him around, but like, because he was giving me shit at school, but I didn't know, like, he was riding by my house. Wow. And then just to bully you. Yeah, just talk shit. But then that Monday, um, after the first interval, he walks up to me and goes, What's up, black boy? Boom, and pushes me. And he was shorter than me. And I was short ass back then. I was a short ass. Mm-hmm. But then I got up and I whooped his ass, threw him towards K block, beat him up, threw him to and I'm crying the whole time. I'm beating him up on B block, K block again, and everyone's watching it. And one of the teachers stops it. And I just like and I run away and go hide somewhere in the field. And yeah, but he definitely never fucked with me after that again. <laughs> I'm sure no one did. We're just throwing yeah. him back. Oh, not threw him, and I was yeah. swinging on him, crying and swearing at him in my in my language. Yeah, it was. I remember that. Yeah. Well, because to me, that's the interesting thing about being a fighter is I'm like, there has to be like a point in your life where you say, hey, I'd be good at fighting. And I just wonder what point that was. Yeah, when you know, oh, the thing I'm good at is. Fucking people up. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? The moment I had that, so dancing was my, my my proper first passion. And I always thought, like, I would be on tour with all these guys and being a backup dancer or choreographer. But then they, they came a crossroads in my life where I was like, I'm a great dancer, but I'm so good at fucking people up. I'm like, but I can always dance. But I'm going to end up in jail if I keep just fucking people up randomly. So I decided to take this as a career. So that was a crossroads. But um, yeah, I think just watching greats like Anderson Silva, Muhammad Ali, Prince Nassim, and I was just like, you know what? This is my. This is this is the path I'm gonna take. Yeah. Mm. How, if you were describing it to somebody in great detail, mm-hmm. how does it feel to punch someone? Oh. And how does it feel to be punched? Being punched doesn't actually hurt like you think because adrenaline is going. And only if it, if it rattles your brain, then you can get rocked. Or if it shuts you off, you get knocked out. But being punched, I don't fear being punched, you know? I don't like being punched. Nah, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least but that's punching the, someone. Yeah, punching someone. Knocking someone out, sometimes it's, it's, the, it's the punch you don't really try and knock them out with that just turns them off. And you'd be surprised. It feels like nothing. It feels like you're punching through air sometimes. Yeah. But then, I'm trying to think, example, the Whitaker shot, when I cracked him, boom. That one felt like I just went through him. Same with Costa. Like, I, I, like, I slipped the jab, he threw the left hook, and I cracked him with a left hook. It just felt like I went through him. Yeah. yeah, it just felt like nothing. So it feels like you're punching through nothing. Okay. Yeah. No, okay, I'm visualizing it. Yeah, because you hear them, you, feel, you get I the, doubt I'm ever going to knock someone out, yeah, so I want to know uh, what it's You what feel the impact, like, but it just feels yeah. like nothing, really. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so before we get to fan questions, I do want to ask you about working with Paradigm, because I think it's so oh, my cool geez, that you GP. Like, yeah, like you yes. have so many other champions, so what is that experience? Yeah, well, Paradigm, I'm glad I brought them on, because I felt like they were the guys to get me to that next level, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to... Um, I guess, dealing with um, the media stuff, uh, the promotion, um, sponsorships, endorsements, mm-hmm. and the pay. Because, you know, they've had, uh, they have, um, what's his name, Connor on the team as well. So he's the highest paid UFC fighter. Now, because of Paradigm, the second highest paid UFC fighter. And yeah, I'm, I'm still greedy because I know my worth. Mm-hmm. So I want more. And I know what's being left on the table and I want to take some more. Yeah. And also they're helping me as well in certain aspects to... Make sure that the fighters on the roster as well get some, but it's not an easy process. It's just it's a lengthy process. But right now, I'm grateful for the position I'm in, and thanks to my people at Paradigm. A special yeah. t- shout out to Tim. Special shout out to Tim. Tim, he's my he's my he's my boy. <laughs> so yeah, special shout out to him as well. 
Okay, I love that. Shout out to Paradigm. All right, Rocky, fan questions? What do you think Pereira will bring out of you that other fighters have? Pereira, what would he bring out of me? Uh, he's not going to shy away because he already has that in his mind that he thinks I'm easy because he's beat me. So he's not going to shy away. He's going to actually try and attack me. He's going to try and win the fight, which always brings out the best in me when someone tries to fight. You know, I'm a fighter. I'm right there trying to fight. But then when someone's trying to be, uh, they're trying to survive, it makes it harder to take them away. So I'm glad this guy's not going to try and survive. He's going to try and win. Mm. Yeah, so I'm going to take that away from him. Okay, like that. Another one? Uh, what round are you knocking him out? <laughs> I can't tell you that. I, I, like I said, I'm saying less this this whole lead up to this fight. I just, you know what? Like I said, I might not even knock him out. I might literally just fucking jab, leg kick, and just move out the way and then get a decision win. But hey, stay tuned. <laughs> or I might get knocked out. Stay tuned. You might find out. I will say, I respect that because... It's hard to say less. Like, being silent is difficult. Trust me. And for yeah. me in this position, like I said, the duality. When when I'm by myself, my people know me. I chill. I barely say a word. And we can talk for hours, but now I'll spend hours just chilling, saying less. But when it's this, I'm a social butterfly, I can rap. But for me, I just silence, say less. Say less this camp. I'm just like, yo, just chill. Let them let do all the talking. I'll do my talking when it's time in the octagon. Nice. Any more? Okay, this is a two-part. What do you have any crazy weight cutting stories? And then what's your favorite meal after you're done? Yeah, what's what's the craziest thing that you have done to make weight? So cutting weight. <laughs> uh you don't know Tim, but I'm like, uh, let me pause, 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 let me think. If I can no, say you this. already have it. You have to tell us those are the rules. Oh, uh, man. Let's just... Uh, I... Ah, uh, fuck. Hold up. Fucking hell. <laughs> okay, all this... You know you have to tell oh, us. Like, man. You, can't, you can't do this. I know. I, I was trying to... I, I was feel like to... I know so much about you now. Yeah. <laughs> what is the no, crazy I try, thing I was you trying did? to... Well, back in kickboxing, back in the day when I was an amateur, when I was really young and had no, I didn't have the fight dietitian, who is the guy that looks after us here with my meals and whatnot. I did not have him on deck. I wasn't in the UFC. Ah, fuck, man. <laughs> okay, I, um, fuck, how do I put the, I, I, I busted a nut to make weight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, rewind. Uh, let's not go to that story, but I said, no, I will, I'm not going to ask him to accept that part, but how much does that weigh? I mean, you really wanted to know? <laughs> I guess I'm just like, I would never think, at oh, the time, this is the thing. Yeah, to do so it. at the time, I was young and I was on that whole no before a fight and da da da. Before I knew it was a myth. And yeah, I just. And, uh, and then a few grams came off, 100 grams. You made weight. <laughs> yeah, I made weight. Wow. <laughs> this is the lesson of today's fighters. <laughs> but I wouldn't advise it. Hey, I was younger back then. It's like 21, 22. I didn't know what I was doing with weight cutting. And yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was something. But you made weight. I made weight. I've never missed weight in my life. Look at that. I'm not going to win. I never What will. do you think is the lesson in, in that in that story? Well, I wouldn't advise it. I would, the lesson is just get a proper dietitian and, you know, learn how to water load, get your nutrition right so you can make weight without, you know, 
doing your thing. <laughs> I love it. Fuck. What's so good. worth telling us, by <laughs> I was, the way? I was, I was trying to, I was trying, what can I, how can I? I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it was in my head already, so I was like, think of something else, think of something else. I was like, what's well, the story, but that was already right. I honestly was more interested in the, like, the weight of that. Yeah, and how a, that, that it was worked. like 200 okay. grams or something. But. You know, as much as I want to end on that, because it's amazing, is there one more fan question? <laughs> yeah, we can end on that. <laughs> That's the one right there. <laughs> okay, outside of your home country, Outside of his home country, favorite place to fight. Well, I'm never fighting in New Zealand again. Uh, I have reasons for that. Um, but Are I'd you be, able to tell us? Oh, just the way they treated my boy Dan Hooker, who's fighting on this card as well. When it was COVID times, they they shafted him, the, the bureaucrats there. So, mm-hmm. But I love New Zealand people and the people that support us. I appreciate you, and I fight for you guys too. I don't really care where you're from in the world. Yeah. If you fuck with me, I fuck with you. But um, favorite place to fight? Honestly... Vegas always has it's like a, it's, the, it's the mecca, but where I have fought, where I have fought my favorite place where I have fought, I might say right now off the top Fight Island when it was COVID times when I fought UFC two fifty three Fight Island was cool because it had a different vibe to it mm-hmm. and also in the arena it was like fucking handful of people there maybe like forty people in the in the just working no crowds just working in the UFC president and whatnot. Um, yeah, so Fight Island was was probably in Abu Dhabi was probably my favorite place yet to fight. Okay, amazing. And last question. This is a question for me. I know you have you've talked a lot about you know being Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, what's I, your heritage? You know? Well, no. Well, I mean, I've done like Ancestry.com, yeah. and I was fifty two percent Nigerian. I can but tell I don't something know. There, yeah, but you don't know the heritage. Yeah. Well, where were you born? Um, I was born in St. Louis, but I'm from St. Georgia. St. Louis, Missouri? Mm-hmm. Yeah, St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Um, yeah, but yeah. I was there for like a year. Okay, yeah, I see, I see. Georgia. Georgia. Yes. Georgia. But, so you have to say the best place to get jollof rice in America. Jollof rice. And, oh, God. And then second part is I've noticed that when you say your last name, uh, this you're one, uh, saying it differently yeah, than everyone so else. When I was so, living in China, right, they really liked the way I pronounced my Mandarin because my language is tonal. So, you know, everyone's Adesanya. At this one, Arrow tries to say it as well. It's like if you weren't bro- born with the um, the native tongue to say it, it's hard. But Adesanya, listen, Adesanya, Adesanya, na 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 Adesanya, Adesanya. Yeah, it's a it's a different tone. It's kind of like um, I'm not from East Africa. The people who have the uh, I don't even do it right. Mm-hmm. Like. They when they do the clicks, it's so guttural. It's like it's, it's like a like yeah, it's beautiful. But I can't do it because I was not born there and I didn't grow up with that native tongue. So sometimes people, I just I say Adesanya is fine because it's you know the phonetic way of you guys saying it. But um, yeah, it's Adesanya. I just if you would like you know for people no, to no, no, say no. it. Yeah. I understand because if you can say I know Schwarzenegger, like you can say Adesanya. But my full name is <laughs> yeah. Israel Mobola Timitayo Odunyo Luafemi Olabi Adesanya. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. I love that for me too. Yes. Well, you know what? You were a pleasure. I am yeah. so happy Likewise. that we made this work. Same. I wasn't expecting this. I just, I did Luke Thomas this morning and yeah. then did some work upstairs and then, yeah, this was cool. I'm glad. Absolutely. It was like less fight questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like to chill. We care. We care about you. <laughs> no, best of luck in your fight. Thanks we'll so all much. Be watching. I appreciate we'll it. Thank you all. For you. Thank you all. Yeah. Wow.